This podcast replay is brought to you by BocaJawSurgery.com. From dental implants, wisdom teeth, jaw surgery, and facial cosmetic procedures, trust your care to a board-certified oral and facial surgeon. Call Dr. Ronnie Katz today, 561-499-3331, BocaJawSurgery.com. Let's get to our 3A Graphics sports calendar. Love talking about Alan Blanco and the great people at 3A Graphics, custom printing and embroidery for your company, your business. Clippers defeated the Heat last night, 103 to 95. The uh, they're 26 and 24. I guess beating the Wizards and, and and the Kings when Jay Rich can shoot like lights out from three point range they didn't happen this week or last night. Miami shot 26.9 percent from three point range. Can't win like that, dude. Tuesday they take on Orlando at 7:30. The Panthers. They enjoyed uh, the week off with uh, the whole NHL All-Star. Tuesday, tomorrow, they will host the Flyers at Amrit Bank Arena. The University of Miami men's basketball team defeated Valtech yesterday 82-74. They improved to 15-7. and Omir had 16 points and 7 rebounds. George added 16. And Cleveland, by the way, added 15 and 13 rebounds tonight. They're at Virginia, 7 o'clock. Uh, Saturday, FAU defeated Tulsa 102-70. to The number 20 team in the country is now 18-4, 8-1 in the conference. John L. Davis with 24 points. Thursday, they will take on UAB on the road at 9 o'clock. NSU on Saturday defeated Eckerd College 117-70. Ryan Sisnak. Or Sizenik. Sizenik. Sizenik had 20 points. He shot 4-4 from three-point range. The boys are 17-2 and and 11-2 and in the conference, and they've now won five in a row. Alex Mangold added 18, and Mike Moore added 15. Wednesday, they will host Florida Tech at 7.30. And the Lady Canes, unfortunately, came up short. They're, they're having a rough season. Katie Meyer and the, and the ladies are having a rough one. Uh, FSU defeated Miami 75 to 68. They're 14 and 7, but they're 4 and 6 in the conference. They're 10th right now in the ACC. So a rough one. They've got Clemson on Thursday at 6 o'clock. They're going to have to do very well in the ACC tournament in order to make some noise in the postseason. So uh, there we go. Um, uh, oh, thoughts on dumb money move about the GME pump and dump a few years ago. Are you talking about GameStop? Oh, I didn't watch the GameStop, GameStop movie or anything like that, so I don't know, my brother. I I, I don't know. And I, I'm not a stock guy. I, uh, I, I dabbled a little bit in stocks a few years back. It went well for me, actually. But um, once I found crypto, I kind of figured this is actually where we're going as a society so i kind of uh went more in that in that in that sense uh, chase one took me four years to break even on amazon stock yeah um let's see i have 29 million shib i'm rich lol <laughs> shang to shang oh this barry cunningham guy trash to uh i i i don't know I don't know anything about Barry Cunningham. I know he reached out to me about using some of our one of our interviews, but I, 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 you know, I couldn't let him do it because it's exclusive, obviously. 
Uh, it's for our, you know, our sponsors pay for that. So I told them I couldn't. So that's all I know about Barry Cunningham. I know that he's one of those fans that does shows and all that kind of stuff. I don't know, dude. I don't watch any of that stuff, so I'm not sure. Um, plenty of people trash to us, so it's not a Barry thing. Plenty of people trash to us. So what's what's the big deal? Barry's doing what a lot of other people do. <laughs> what's the big deal, bro? You know what I mean? It's like I don't really care. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, Big O, having the name Big O when you were single might have been a great help. Actually, no woman knows that I'm the Big O. None of them. Okay? And by the way, when I was single, it had nothing to do with I didn't have a nickname. It's just Orlando. <laughs> okay? The nickname stuff came in in sports. That's all. When I started doing sports talk. And, you know, unless she's a sports talk listener, that's the only way I get a woman say, hey, Big O, or whatever. That's it. Outside of that, nobody really knows me as Big O when it was in the other way. But I get what you're saying. But, yeah, no. no didn't. It didn't go with that. Uh, let's see. Mark Smith, Big O, friends and family can mess those guys up, sometimes really bad. Vic Hernandez, dozens of boxers. Mahomes seems to be doing a great job of keeping his head on straight. Yeah. Yeah. Ocala Joe says, Big O, my wife says we are brothers from another mother. All right. Well, we really are, actually. We really are. There is six degrees between all of us. Uh, Man Dog says, every time I see Jay, Ru Jay Rich shoot, he's building a house of brick by brick. Not, not, uh, not against the Kings that night. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right normally big o, i'm very sick of that stupid td claim td guy that claim he's a dolphins fan but always well i i don't know listen guys i gotta tell you something i i'm not the i'm not here to take your complaints about other people okay whatever barry or td or whatever any of these fan shows do that's more power to them that's their deal, bro. It's a, the, the part I don't understand, okay? This is what I don't understand about society in general. Okay, if you don't like the person, why would you watch or listen to anything that they're doing? That's, I, I still don't understand that. So if you don't like this person or don't enjoy watching them or listening to them or agree with them or you think they're full of shit all the time or whatever it is, why do you watch? Why do you listen? It's a whole Cowturd thing. Hey, oh, did you hear what Cow? No, I didn't because I don't watch Cowturd. I think it, I think he's useless. Okay? I think Skip Bayless is useless. Right? I think these are just trolls that work pushing buttons. It's lazy stuff that they do. And so I have no interest, and I never know what they're saying because I have no interest in listening to them. And then, you know, I get it from you guys all the time. Well, I hate this guy, but did you hear what he said? No, I didn't. I don't care. So I have no interest in listening to that. And so if I have no interest, why would I 
follow what they say. And then why would I want to then glorify it? Why do I want to repeat it? Why do I want to give them even more of a platform by me talking about it on my platform or your platform? So if you don't like them, it doesn't matter if you have 10 followers, 10, 10, 100 followers, 10,000 followers, or 10 million followers, you're still giving them that more of a, of a, of a, of a platform by putting it out to your 10 followers, a hundred followers or a thousand followers. You know what I mean? I, I, I still don't understand that. If you don't like the person, why do you still watch? Why do you still listen? Why are you downloading? I don't get it. Don't get it anyway. All right. So we are going to tell you a little bit about what I uh, caught up with. And McDaniel over the weekend obviously hired Anthony Weaver, right? And he put out a statement, okay? And let me make sure. Can you see the statement there? I want to make sure the Top Gun thing doesn't get in the way there. Take it down. Here we go. And it says, I'm excited to add Anthony to our staff not only for what he will bring to the Dolphins as a teacher and a coach, but even more so who he is as a leader of men. He has proven, he has a proven resume of success built on his personal investment in his players. Most importantly, he shares our belief that player development is the cornerstone to both team building and sustained excellence. Through conversations with him and those who have worked with him, it became clear that we have aligned values in football philosophies and coaching. Now, it's a great statement. It's obviously a statement that proves he's all in and believes in Weaver. And it's also a statement that he fits what we want to do and Fangio doesn't. Clearly, right? Because... The part that it says um, he has a proven resume of success built on his personal investment in his players. Most importantly, he shares our belief that player development is the cornerstone to both team building and sustained excellence. So he has the same kind of vibe, which obviously he felt Fangio didn't have that same kind of vibe. Didn't fit what they were doing. He feels that Anthony Weaver fits what they're doing, and what he's all about, okay? Now, here's my problem with all of this. And you can take it as somewhat of a backhanded shot at Fangio if you want to. You can do that because, in a way, he's kind of saying it, you know, not only for what he'll bring to the Dolphins as a teacher and a coach, but even more so he who he is as a leader of men and he has proven a resume of success built on personal investment in his players. Maybe he didn't feel that Fangio was investing in his players. Maybe he didn't feel that uh, Fangio was a good leader of men, right? But here's my problem with this statement. On the surface, it's all perfect. It's a perfect statement that you put out to hire the guy that you, you wanted as your defensive coordinator. And, and by the way, personally, I love the hire. From everything I'm seeing, I think it's a terrific hire. But here's my problem with all of this. Can we go back to the, to the Raheem Mostert conversation? 
Okay. Well, how was that conversation last year before, after the season? Oh, hey, Raheem, you know, I, I, I got to apologize to you. I didn't dedicate myself enough to the run. And, you know, next year I'm going to do a better job of that. And then he tells us that he apologized to Mostert and that he's going to do a better job of dedicating himself to the run. And to a certain extent, he ran more this year. There's no doubt. Did he run enough? Still, he didn't. And in the most important part of this of the of the season, in a moment where you had to keep running, he chose not to. So I still have pre-snap penalties, which showed up in the Kansas City game. I still have um uh you can't figure out how to win challenges. I still have uh plays coming in late all the time. I mean, there's a slew of things that you've got to work in on. Okay, so let me ask you something. So he built this personal investment in his players. Most importantly, he shares our belief that player development is a cornerstone to both team building and sustained excellence. So how's your sustained excellence there, Mike, on offense? Just want to know. Because there wasn't sustained excellence. So you want to hold Anthony Weaver to a standard that you can't maintain yourself. Because Josh Boyer maintained it better than you did. Vic Fangio maintained it better than you did. And I have no issues and no qualms and no concerns that Anthony Weaver will do the same thing. But you, sir, are the one that I'm concerned about. So you can take your backhanded shots, but even more of who he is as a leader of men, he has proven a resume of success built on personal investment in his players. That's great. How about your personal investment? How'd you do getting other receivers involved besides guys not named Tyreek and Waddle? And please don't tell me. I don't want to hear the lazy line I hear in the media all the time. Well, no one's open. You didn't scheme it that way. You can scheme it where they get open because the year before they were open. And two years before that with Flo, he spread the ball around to all kinds of people. And he didn't have a running game. He didn't have time or anything. And he still found a way to spread the ball around. So it's great to say that it became clear that we have aligned values in football. Maybe he has the aligned values. I know Josh Boyer wasn't perfect. I know Vic Fangio wasn't perfect. And I know Anthony Weaver won't be perfect. But I also know none of the three were the issue. Because I'm sure Anthony Weaver will not be the issue next year. Or this coming season. So you can tell me how much... Fangio didn't fit, you know, uh, uh, how much this guy brings as a teacher and a coach and all that kind of stuff. You could tell me how much you love him, right? And maybe it sounds like a backhanded shot at Fangio, but I, a lot of the stuff you're talking about with Anthony Weaver, I need to see it with you because your offense hasn't developed two years in and Players still don't know all the plays. Players still are making mistakes in pre-snap. This is two years in. So what's all this stuff about teacher and, and coach? 
How about your teaching and your coaching? So this is great. I love the hire, Anthony Weaver. I think it's going to be a damn good hire. And now, I wonder, I'm going to tell you something now about this hire that nobody's talking about, okay? Nobody talked about this part that I just talked about, too. But let's get into something that I think a lot of us are overlooking, okay? I don't know how much of this decision was completely all Mike McDaniel or how much, you know, what's it called? Greer, McKenzie, Allen, maybe even Garfinkel, how much they helped in the process and made their suggestions and, 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 you know, threw it out there like, Hey, no, I think this is a good hire. I'm interested. I don't know what the truth is. Okay. I don't know what the truth is. I, I, that part, I cannot tell you, but do you have a young head coach in the, uh, in the, in the wings now? Because Anthony Weaver's resume and the way people talked about him, it's not so much that he was also set to be a defensive coordinator, but a lot of people feel you could be having a future head coach here, that he has that it quality to him because that's some of the things I've read when it comes to his character. Some people feel like he has that it quality to be a head coach. So worst case scenario, if Mike McDaniel doesn't get it, is Anthony Weaver one of those guys are looking at to be the next head coach in line? Far-fetched. This is like I'm going, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. But in the next year or two, let's say he shines and he shows a lot of leadership qualities and people love him. And let's say McDaniel levels off and what you saw the last two years it's kind of what you've seen the last year or two and in the last year or two 2024 2025 seasons anthony weaver's done an amazing job has approached things perfectly approaches the media perfectly all that kind of stuff and then people say whoa maybe they should name anthony weaver he's done such a great job with the defense maybe he's ready to take that next step because that's how they talk about this guy. I called the dude that I know in the Ravens organization. And he told me, oh, this is head coach material. That's what Weaver is, he said. He's head coach material. And when I thought about that, I go, wow. Okay. Interesting. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to be the next head coach. or He's a coach in waiting or all that. But I'm just saying... What happens if in the next year or two, McDaniel doesn't impress, doesn't do enough, and like I told you, the hot seat will create this year, and it could cost him this season or next season, one of the two. You either three or four, we're, we're in the crossroad with him, one of the two. And then that guy starts kicking ass. So it's great to have a fantastic opening statement about how you love him and all that kind of stuff, but some of the stuff you talked about with him, I'm more concerned with you. And then the flip side, yeah, you, you, you're you hiring a guy people are telling me that, 
yeah, this guy's kind of a head coach material down the line. Now, right now, but down the line is the kind of guy that they think can grow into a head coach. That's some crazy shit. So there you go. Um, the guy will probably be gone next season for a head coaching position. We'll have to look for another DC. Might be right here. I think it was more collaborative, but more of the front office. I don't know, but we'll see. Seems like Weaver was a Greer and Ross. Mark, once you threw Ross in there, you lost me. Ross knows nothing about football, dude. Okay? Nothing. If anything, Garfinkel, but not Ross. Garfinkel knows his football. Uh, Dolphins are forced to experiment with coaches because the organization is not a preferred destination. Everybody experiments with coaches, bro. Sean McVay is an experiment. Okay? Everybody. D'Amico Ryans is an experiment. John Harbaugh went from special teams coach. See, the problem is, Max, when you say shit like that, it shows that you are just, you're in the middle of all your anger and frustration as a Dolphins fan. And then you throw something out that makes no sense and it's completely inaccurate. John Harbaugh was completely unproven. So was Dan Campbell. In fact, lots of coaches. Just because we have no luck that we bring the unproven coach that never becomes the guy, but Eric Spolster was unproven and became the guy. Right. So let's not let's not get so frustrated that you start saying shit that is inaccurate and it's really, you know, not logical because it's not true. Lots of teams take on new coaches and they succeed. We don't do that, but lots of other teams do. OK, but don't blame. Don't blame other teams for our bad luck okay so next time if you want to phrase it dolphins are forced to experiment with coaches because the organization is not a preferred destination detroit was a preferred destination the houston texans are a preferred destination before mcveigh was the rams uh they were nothing a lot of these places were nothing, and then they get a, they get the right guy. So it's not you, what you need to say is the Dolphins just can't find a good first shot coach. They just don't. We fail every time. Haven't failed yet with Mike McDaniel. Um, I still have some hope for McDaniel. Uh, Big O, be nice. If Weaver can bring Queen and others over here from the Ravens as a free agent. I like Patrick Queen. That would be a good pickup. Big O, you talking like Greer Allen McKenzie would survive if McDaniel gets fired. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That is very true. Uh, if McDaniel has to get fired, it'll be a bad look for the front office. I, I mean, that I, I have to be honest on that one. That's going to be, yeah, it's not good for them. I love what they've done on the personnel side. It's just, yeah, 
the head coach part. You got to get that shit right. Big on not saying Ross knows anything, but he does have those rabbit ears and will write a check. He does, but he doesn't know anything. They just tell him this is good. So, um, Daniel, why is kryptonite going so low? Because all coins take a hit over everything, dude. That's just the way it is. And if you believe in it, if you do your homework and you believe in it, then you keep investing and you keep buying lower. You know what I mean? If you don't believe in it, then you don't. That's It's up to you. You know what I'm saying? It's the hardest thing to do in investing is buying in a negative. And so that's where your homework, your confidence has to come in. So when Bitcoin was going down all the way to 16,000, what do you think I was doing? You, you need to go back and look at the shows in December of two years ago in 22 and January of 23. Go look at those shows. Go look at November and December, because I think late November and December. You'll see people that are making fun of me on the chat boards, right? And sending in stupid shit. They're all gone now. Oh, see how Bitcoin's going to go down to 10 and 12. You know what you're talking about, all this, that. Oh, you, you keep investing. And it went down from 40 to 35 to 30 to 28 to 25 to 24, 23, 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16. And I kept buying. Go look at my face. Go look at my body language. I did not flinch for one second. Not one second did I flinch because I believed in Bitcoin. You think I, I was flinching when Ethereum went down to $900? No, I was buying. We have Avalanche. Avalanche right now is at $34.70. What do you think I was doing when it was down at 8 bucks? Panicking or buying? buying cardano still hasn't turned completely the corner it's at 49 cents but it did go all the way down to 24 did i panic or did i buy i bought i've doubled that investment already all the ones i bought at 24 25 and 26 cents i'm on my way to doubling that investment already why because i believed in cardano why because i believed in ethereum uh, Polygon, it's at 78 cents. I think I bought it as low as into the 40s. And as high as $1.19. Adam, I believe I bought it into the $5 range, $6 range. And it's at $9 right now. I want to say. See? Yes. $6.50. Right around there. Now five, six dollar range is where it was. Bought plenty of it. And that's because I believed in it, my brother. I got polka dot as low as three dollars, I believe. 379, 374. Bought a bunch of it. It's at 679 right now. I expect it to go much higher. So it it's all depends on you, my friend. If you believe in the investment, 
then you keep investing and buying it even lower because when it returns, when it bounces back, you're going to make even more profit. That's kind of what it does. And then if you believe in it, if you've done your homework, I'm not a financial advisor, you do your own homework. If you believe in it, what you're doing is lowering your overall price. That's what you're doing. So it all depends on where you're at with your conviction, my friend. Right now, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of conviction. So it's up to you. If you don't believe in it, then get out and take your losses. Or if you believe in it, then stay strong or add even more and lower your overall number so you can make more profits when it does bounce back. But whether it's kryptonite or many others, a lot of them have had dips here. You know what I'm saying? Van Chain had some dips. I took advantage of it. Uh, I'm 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 buying a little neutron in the dollar three, dollar four, dollar six range. Even though uh, you know I kind of got spoiled in 97, 98, 99 in that dip. Well, it, I it found a home at 140 while everything was ro rocking. We had this dip; it's gone down. It's gonna go find that level 140 immediately and then surpass that. So I am buying more neutron. But that's me. It's up to you. You got you gotta believe in what you're investing. That's the lesson you must learn, sir. Uh, Big, o, Big O is right. I bought Bitcoin at 16K and told Big O if it goes to 65, I will buy him and Sean a ticket to the Super Bowl. Yes, but only if the Dolphins are in it. Okay? I don't want you to waste your money on I don't want to go to a Super Bowl if the Dolphins are not. If the Dolphins are not in it, I am not interested in any Super Bowl whatsoever. I'm interested in betting this one because, you know, I like Kansas City in this one, but that's about it. But yes, if the Dolphins go. Thank you for buying a ticket for me and Sean. That'll be awesome. We love you for that. Thank you, Shang Tushang. Uh, remember, Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Cash App or Venmo. And remember, you can make a Bitcoin donation, which we always love. Ocala Joe. Thank you for the love on Cash App. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Very nice. Cash App or Venmo. Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Cash App or Venmo. Uh, let's get to uh, a little music history, folks. And some other things, too, by the way. A little music history. And I got a funny story, too. Some people just don't know when to say when. Uh, let's go music history on this date back in. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Whoa, wrong one. Now, now we've got the right one. Um, back in 71 on this date, Black Sabbath started recording what would be their third album, Masters of Reality. For the record, guitarist Tony Iommi decided to tune down his instrument three semitones. Bassist Geezer Butler did the same, leading to the darker sound that would go on to influence many other groups. In 83, Toto went on to the number one, number one on the singles charts with Africa. Still a great song, huh? In 83, Def Leppard's album Pyromania began a 92-week run on the charts, 
While it never reached number one, it wound up selling over 6 million copies in the U.S. alone. In 2006, the Rolling Stones played a three-song set during the halftime of Super Bowl 55. And let's see, 48 on this date. Nigel Tumfnell was born the fictional lead guitarist of Spinal Tap, was portrayed by Christopher Guest in the 84 mockumentary. Nigel was born in Squatney, East London, where he met neighbor and future bandmates David St. Hubbins. Our amplifiers go to 11. Birthdays today on February 5th. Cristiano Ronaldo is 39. Neymar, 32. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, Bobby Brown, it's his prerogative to have a birthday today. 55. Uh, Darren Chris, TV actor, 37. Michael Sheen, movie actor, 55. Jeremy Shumter, or no, Sumter, actor, 35. Duff McKagan, bassist, Guns N' Roses, 60. Uh, Tiwa Savage, of R&B singer, she's 44. I have no idea who she is. But I don't follow a lot of, you know, new R&B. The new R&B is so freaking weak. And it all sounds the same. Really, R&B has gone to shit, dude. Anyway. Um, Trayvon Martin, by the way, was born in this state in 95. We lost him in 2012, obviously, tragically. Uh, Hank Aaron, born on this date in 1934. We lost him in 2021. Tim Meadows, actor. He, he just brings a smile to my face just because just you know who he is. Uh, 63 years old. Carlos Tevez, soccer player, is 40. Sarah Evans, country singer, 53. George Hagi, soccer player, is 59. Laura Linney, movie actress, is 60. And that is the list of a lot of people celebrating birthdays today, dude. Jesus. That's a lot of people, man. It's impressive. Uh, what, what else do we have? Uh, tonight in Tampa, you've got uh, Pantera and Lamb of God. They were here over the weekend locally at Hard Rock Live in Tampa. Tuesday, Kenny Wayne Shepherd is at Hard Rock Live in Orlando. Tower of Power on Tuesday is at the Parker in Fort Lauderdale. Willie Nelson will be in Immokalee at the Seminole Center Outdoors uh, on Wednesday. Also Wednesday, Kenny Wayne Shepherd will be in Fort Myers at the Barbara B. Mann Performing Arts. Friday, Gypsy Kings at the Dr. Phillips Center in Orlando. Willie Nelson, Friday, will be at the Pompano Beach Amphitheater. Friday, Frankie Valley, Hard Rock Live Hollywood. Saturday, T.I. is at Club 11. And a week from tonight, at the Amaranth Bank Arena, Journey and Toto. That's going to be a really good concert, dude. 
next Monday at the Amaranth Bank Arena. Enjoy yourselves out there. It's going to be pretty cool. What else do we have going on? Nothing's changed in the Super Bowl line. Niners are still favored by two. The over and under is 47 and a half. Niners minus 125 on the money line. The Chiefs are plus 105. I've already taken the Chiefs plus two and the Chiefs plus one and a half. So I am set to go. I believe in this big time. Joel Embiid is going to have a procedure to repair his left meniscus. He will miss an extended period of time. Constantly injured, unfortunately. Oh, by the way, my uh, my daughter, I took her also to Toyota of Hollywood on Saturday in the Craig Zinn family. And just want to want to thank Herbie, Sandra, and Alex. You know, I tell you all the time about Craig Zinn's Acura Pembroke Pines, all the time proud sponsor of our program. And we had the Acura Pembroke Pines Miami Heat and NBA report. But uh, Toyota of Hollywood, where we've bought cars there too. And so my, uh, my daughter's about to get a Toyota. And so we uh, went there to Toyota of Hollywood and, you know, I, I just got, you know, Herbie, Herbie runs the show there at, and if you ever go to Toyota of Hollywood, go see Herbie and tell them that big O sent you, they'll take care of you. Sandra, who was fantastic taking care of us. She took care of my mother-in-law years ago. It was eight years ago that she got her Corolla there. And she still has a Corolla. It's like an immaculate. My, my mother-in-law has had her Corolla, for eight years and it has like 2000 miles on it and it's one of those sporty corollas it looks really nice you know, but it, it's in impeccable shape dude it's eight years old and it's got 2000 miles like old people don't drive so anyway I, I just wanted to thank alex and sandra and herbie and all the fantastic people at toyota of hollywood because they are just absolutely awesome. You know, I always talk about Acura Pembroke Pines because obviously we, we've we owned and leased Acuras there. And I'm going to get a new Acura probably at the end of this year. I don't know what my wife is going to get. If she's going to get an Acura, she's going to get a Toyota. But whatever she gets, she'll get whatever she wants. Um, but, um, yeah, I just want to thank them because they were just absolutely fantastic for my daughter on Saturday. So she is uh, very happy. Mark Smith says, do you like the under number two and number three scoring defenses facing off without dynamic special teams? Um, the under is not a bad play at 47 and a half. I, I do have to say, I certainly don't like the over unless there's turnovers. But I, I kind of like the under. What I really love is Kansas City. I like Kansas City taking the points and I might even take the money line. What is it, plus 105? It's not much of a money line, but, you know. Anyway, this week in 83, Africa bumped land down under from number one to number two. One continent replacing another, the band Asia, just sat and pouted. Dude, that is... So, uh, now, and that's... um, And is that the original album, or is that the Don't Cry album, the second album? Alpha, I think it was called? I want to say, which one was it? Was it the original? Because that that original album of Asia, I have to say, is a masterpiece. With only time will tell, and um, uh, God, uh, something in the moment, whatever. Uh, um, 
God, that, that's that album has so many songs. I'm trying to remember the damn songs now. Uh, Wildest Dreams. Um, God, what's the what's my favorite song in that album? The um, let me cheat here. Asia debut. Here we go. God, what's um they they decorated all the generals who fought the wars behind the line. Soul Survivor is uh, a freaking great song. Uh obviously everybody knows Heat of the Moment and only time will tell. Soul Survivor is terrific. One step closer. Great song. Wildest dreams. Da -da 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 -da. Wildest dreams. That's a great song. Here comes the feeling. This is an excellent freaking album, dude. This is such a great album. What year did it come out? Because I want to say this was earlier. Yeah, 81. So it was the alpha album for Asia is what it was. I was right. It was the alpha album, and it was probably Don't Cry, Don't Cry, Now That I Have Found You, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what it is. So... Uh, yeah, this one came out, uh, see, March of 82, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, is it true that Lillard's situation in Portland is not working out? He's becoming a distraction with problems. Have you heard anything? No. Lillard's situation in Portland? He's in Milwaukee. And they're winning, aren't they? Where did you get that stuff? Who told you that, bro? Are you like reading and actually watching? Milwaukee is number two in the conference at 33 and 17. Who told you it's not working out? He's in Milwaukee. Everything's great. I'm not sure what you're talking about, my man. That one's a little confusing. Alexis says next Monday he'll be at Toto and Journey. Nice. Uh, oh, one player I would like our new DC to bring over is safety Gino Stone. Uh, I would like uh, Patrick Queen would be the guy. Uh, what about the food at Poppy Steak? I don't know what that is, Bigo. I mean, uh, Costa Nostra. I don't know what the, the Poppy Steak is. Is that like a restaurant? My mother-in-law has a Toyota Avalon from 2012 and it only has 50,000 miles. Wow, that's awesome. It's the car she traded in had like 6,000 miles on it and she had it for like 14 years. <laughs> the car she traded in, like, like they were looking at it like, holy shit, this car's new. <laughs> it's like, Wow, it's like there it didn't have anything. And, and her Corolla, it's eight years old. It's a sporty little Corolla. It's really nice, actually. It's got all the bells and whistles of those Corollas in those days. It's really nice. It's got sporty rims and everything. Like you would not figure an old lady riding that Corolla around, to be quite honest. But they, but you know, she got a good deal on it, and she has it. And dude, it is impeccable. It's brand freaking new, dude brand new those are the best cars to buy used right if you can find an old geezer driving a car that's the car you want to buy 
That shit never goes over 35 miles an hour. They never actually wear it out. You know what I'm saying? They probably have never even, she's never even changed the brakes on the damn car. It's awesome. Yeah, no, Lillard's not a distraction in Milwaukee. Not at all, dude. They're doing fine. They're doing great. Yeah. My 2012 Mustang has 55,000. I put 17 on it the first year. I just jump in the truck most of the time. Yeah, well, you, you learned your lesson quickly. You're like, no, no, I can't do this to this car. <laughs> Good for you, dude. <laughs> Good for you, my brother. You figured it out. You can't do that. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, the passing, some of you out there, you really overreacted on Tua, on the uh, passing uh, thing that uh, he did, was it Friday or something, and it didn't go well or whatever. Apparently, by the way, Baker Mayfield said he distracted him. What a goofball Tua is. He didn't even know the format. Did you notice that? Like the left one that moves and there's a right one? Like he wasn't even ready to throw to the one on the left. And it was like too late by the time he noticed. And then the one on the right, which is the harder throw for the lefty, right? He hits that one easily. Like all he needed was to hit the one on the on the left, his left side, which would have been the easiest one. He would have added those six points to his whatever it was, 17, right? It would have been 23 right there. You know, but it was apparently Baker called him or tried to distract him. And he apparently Baker, I saw the interview, which is kind of funny because Baker goes, I figured Tua was the only one that was going to beat me, so I had to try to distract him, which was funny, actually. The best part is, you idiots that take anything in the Pro Bowl serious. Come on, man. Let's go. We're going to take the Pro Bowl serious? Wow. It's... We're, we're, we're really reaching in this world, to be quite honest. Peter Holland says, Bucks haven't been great recently, bad defense, and they got Doc Rivers. Well, but that's Doc Rivers. That's not, that's not his fault. You know, I'm talking about Lillard. Yes, sir, Sean. So um, Dan Orlovsky did the competition in his suit. He won. He won. And he beat everybody, yeah. <laughs> Because he made the ten pointer. Yeah, the, the last one. That's the only reason. Yeah, yeah. They, all, they all missed the ten pointer because I, I, you guys made me. That's the only thing I watched in the Pro Bowl. And then you know, on YouTube, uh, uh, a little cut will come in, and I'll, I'll just okay, it's a two minute cut. I'll watch or whatever, like the Baker Mayfield one, you know. And so it was a Tua thing. So I said, all right, let me. What the hell does he have to say about Tua? And then he was trying to distract Tua in the competition. But that's funny. And and the only thing that I can think of with the Lillard thing is they brought in Doc Rivers to play more defense. They want everybody to be more defensive-minded. Maybe okay. that's the story that they're trying to link to Lillard being, I don't know, I'm just that's the only thing I can think of. There's nothing there, bro. There's nothing there. They're, they're keeping Damian Lillard, you know what I mean? So that's, you know, I just uh, – I. I Sorry, guys. I just have no interest in Pro Bowl stuff, and uh, or or hockey too. By the way, don't don't know what happened in the NHL All Star Game. Have no idea. Uh, the rolling punching bag requested a trade after Tua's debacle. Who's the rolling punching bag? I don't know what that means. 
Bucks haven't been great recently. Okay. Jackie Robinson's statue got stolen. That's effed up. Really? Somebody stole Jackie Robinson's statue? No. Is that true? Yeah, they stole it from a park and burned it. What a bunch of losers, bro. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, he, uh, Big O, what's the story on Mark Jackson never getting it? I don't know, bro. But there's something behind the scenes with Mark Jackson. He does say and do some, you know, stuff that might be a little bit of a stretch. But I don't know. Nils Lofgren's solo album, Wonderland, dedicated to James Honeyman Scott. Really? Jackson Brown song for a rocker dedicated to JHS, one of the most respected guitarists of all time. Well, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, Todd says, I'm late, but facts are facts. Chapman had a few other hits besides Fast Car. Give me one reason. Talking about a revolution, she is a quality artist. Give me one reason and talking about a revolution. Okay. Let's test it out. You might be a Tracy Chapman fan. Let's see. Tracy Chapman. Uh, best new artist, uh, Fast Car, best uh, contemporary, yada, yada, yada. Her fourth album, the beginning was released in 95, became another worldwide success. It had five times platinum, yielded hit single, Give Me One Reason, which earned her a Grammy Award for Best Rock Song. Five years would pass before the release of her fifth album, Telling Stories, Let It Rain, and Where You Live, followed 2002-2005. Her most recent studio album, One Bright Future, was released in 2008. The remastered compilation album, Greatest Hits. Okay. Let me see here. Grammy Awards. Oh, let's see. Best R&B, best international album, best singer-songwriter, Fast Car, best uh, female artist. Okay, best female vocal. Give me one reason. Nominated. I don't even know that song. Give me one reason in 96. I've never heard it. So it says, give me one reason was the other big song of hers here. That's it. You put something else. Um, oh, give me one reason is better than fast car. Okay. I got to listen to it. I don't, maybe I know it and I didn't realize it was her. I don't know. So give me one reason. Where did it chart? Because they gave her an award for it, obviously. Where did that chart? Give me one reason. Let me see where it's at. Here it is. Uh, mm -mm 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 -mm. 
Oh, okay, but it doesn't have a highlight to it. So I got nothing on it, unfortunately. I would have to look it up on my own. Okay. New beginnings. There we go. Uh, it Actually, this was her biggest selling recording since 91 with 3.8 million copies. The album sounds consisting of Chapman's trademark acoustic folk rock sound and is mainly made up of slow key tunes and a very uh, and and a few upbeat tracks the hit give me one reason which is a blues piece chat that's why i don't know because it's a blues piece chapman earned grammy award for best rock song and track it was also nominated for record of the year song of the year and best female rock performance of the year for the grammy awards in 97. um aside from the single give me one reason all of the songs are at least Four minutes and 56 seconds long okay yada 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 okay all right so that's why i don't know it because it was a blues hit i don't follow the blues charts so i wouldn't know but it wasn't a hit in the jet like fast car was in other words it wasn't a pop hit for her it was a blues hit for her that's why you kind of got me on that one so she really didn't have another mainstream hit ever again after fast car let's be honest now right it's not a mainstream hit right a blues hit is not mainstream bluegrass not mainstream classical not mainstream you know what i'm saying so you can have a hit in those genres but you know just because you have a jazz hit doesn't mean that most of the world's not going to know about it you know what i'm saying so i got it she got her hit in that genre never had another major hit again and by the way fast car is a mediocre major hit very mediocre in fact i think people that think fast car is a great song i think there's something wrong with you okay you can go have fast car if you want. I'll uh, I'll go listen to uh, a pumped up kicks instead. You can go with your fast car. I'll go with my pumped up kicks. Okay, you can go with your fast car, and I'll take eight or ten hits from Imagine Dragons. I'm not even going to bring in legends. All right. I'm not even going to talk about ACDC. I'm not going to mention Led Zeppelin or anything like that or The Who or Queen or something. I'm not even going to do that to you. I'm not going to mention The Smiths or The Cure. Or not, not, I'm not even going to go that far. Okay, uh, Give me anything Bruno Mars over Fast Crap. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't understand for the life of me to this day the craziness about tracy chapman sorry her folk music will put my ass to sleep so i'm just saying uh once you've listened it big o you'll know you've heard it before okay if if it, it better be way better than fast car Okay, because I'm going to be pissed if you made me to listen to some shit that sounds like Fast Car. And again, 
Luke Combs improved fast car drastically. Just got to say that, too. Way to go, Luke. Way to bring some real, like, you know, something to a, a, a deadbeat song. Fast car. Ugh. Fast car peaked at number three in the U.S. We got some terrible, terrible, terrible uh, taste. Big O, do you see the Miami Heat do another trade before the trading deadline? What? I don't know what they're going to do. The, the question I have is, what are you really doing? Like this Kelly Olynyk thing, why would you want to give – what are you giving up to get Kelly Olynyk? Because I wouldn't give up anything. Kelly Olynyk's not going to mean one more victory or you advancing anywhere in the playoffs. So I'm not sure what you would do. You know what I'm saying? You probably know, uh, give me one reason, when it came out on radio, MTV played it constantly. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. I don't remember. It's mainstream Oh, It is? Are you sure? I got to listen to it. Big O, the mighty Chom FM doesn't play any Chapman. That says, exactly. I mean, seriously. Who wants to listen to Tracy Chapman? Like somebody walks up to me and says, hey, come on, man. We're going to be jamming some Tracy Chapman. I'm going to look at him like, what the hell is wrong with you? I get in a car and somebody puts on Tracy Chapman. I'm jumping out of the car no matter how fast it's driving. No matter how fast the car is driving, I'm jumping out. Okay? I can't run in a different direction faster than any car in the world for Tracy Chapman's music. You couldn't pay me to go to a Tracy Chapman concert. Okay? I wouldn't be caught dead in a Tracy Chapman concert. That's kind of the way it goes. Uh, give me John Lee Hooker, uh, Pine Top Perkins, Muddy Waters, and Robert Johnson. Uh, any of them blue over the blues. Yeah, the blues today, is, there's, it's very weak. Very weak. There aren't, there aren't a ton of great blues artists and uh and great art oh my god you could actually i shouldn't say that you could find some pretty good blues artists r&b is the one that really has disappeared most r&b is garbage okay you can still find good blues r&b oh my god it is one of the worst genres in music nowadays what used to be you know teddy pendergrass stuff now you can forget about it, dude. You know, done history in the archives. They all sound the same. Like I can listen to John Legend. There's a couple, but there are very few. Oh, RMB has taken a monster hit. Whew. That is one of the worst genres of music that's out there. There is so little special in RMB, it's ridiculous. Uh, let's see. I'd rather listen to Steve Chapman. I agree. Definitely. Steve Chapman jams over Tracy Chapman every day of the week and twice on Sundays. 
R. Kelly was good, yeah, but R. Kelly's more 90s. And he's a, you know, a disgusting human being, too, on top of, oh, uh, not, disgusting. Human being's not really a word you want to use with, with, uh, with that dude. But he's good. He's really good. May, sometimes a little too over the top, but good. No doubt. He did. He he would go a little over it, but he's good. Way better than any of the crap that's going on nowadays. Uh, I'd rather have crabs than listen to Tracy Chapman. That's about that's about accurate. That song by Tracy Chapman was on FM constantly in the nineties and early two thousands. I got sick of it. Wow. So then then I had to have heard it. I had to have heard that one. Can't play it here because I'm going to get tagged by YouTube. So I can't do it here. I got to listen to it on my own time. I'll do it. I'll, I'll go listen to it. Uh, I'll go put the video on uh, when, I, when I'm done with the show. And I'll check it out. 